Hello there, welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and I am on my fourth coffee of the day and I will probably have a fifth because I'm jet lagged from going to Vancouver on the weekend. Today I'm chatting with the co-founders of the animation studio Chubby Beagle, Karen Drastel, who specializes in 2D and production, and Bill Drastel, who specializes in storyboarding and directing. Now, besides sharing their career journeys and ending up starting a studio together as a couple, they're also going to share in this chat how they ended up working on the first ever drag queen superhero animated film, Maxi Loau. And they're going to share all about that film, how it came to be, and where it's going and where to see it and all the lovely stuff about it. <laughs> but first, this episode is sponsored by Snowlands, a brand new full-color graphic novel series for animal fantasy fans featuring snow leopards and arctic wolves on a wild adventure through a snow-covered mountain range. Shifty lynxes, secret monkey tribes, singing palace cats, and a cult of sheep are just a few of what the heroes of Snowlands run into on their journey. This is the perfect read for people who love Aaron Hunter's Warriors or 2ET Sutherland's Wings of Fire series. This premium hardcover book is only $19.99, and since it was created by Moore Mraz, the guy behind the animation training website Bloop Animation, you can now get a $25 credit to any Bloop Animation course when you buy the book. So if you're thinking about getting any of their courses, get this book first and then you can get a $25 credit off their course. It's kind of like getting the book for free plus $5 or $5.01 back. So to get this deal, go to bloopanimation.com slash Terry. That's bloopanimation.com slash T-E-R-R-Y, which is my wonderful name. And now without further ado, let's jump into the chat. Hi, Karen and Bill. Thanks so much for coming on the chat. How are you guys? Thanks. Doing good. Doing really good. <laughs> doing really good. Oh, why is that? Why are you doing really good? Oh, my goodness. Well, we've just been uh, like, it's been a great week so far and we've just been busy. Like, <laughs> so it's like, a, it's like a good busy sort of thing, but like, uh, um, yeah, just lots of good stuff going on. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to, you know, I want to dive into both of your careers, but I, let me just ask you this. Why did you want to come on the podcast and, uh, you know, talk, talk with me and share your experiences? What was the motivation behind that in the first place? Um, well, you know, being in animation for so long, like for all the years and then being just fans of animation and everything, we love reaching out to other animators and aspiring animators. You know, we love talking to students and we love talking to other artists and we just have lots of fun with it. So it's like another chance to connect even more is even better. So, yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always fun. Um, one of the things I like about working in animation is I get to talk with other people who are in the, in, in as well. And everyone's super nice and friendly. And it's, it's always kind of cool to ask someone like, well, how did, how did you get here? Or what's your story? Or, you know, where, you know, where'd you come from? And everyone's got, like a different story like it's not like one homogenous like oh i did blank 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 and blank and i got here like no no, no. everyone's done everyone's got like a windy path that's yeah different like everyone's everyone's climbed this mountain a different way yeah you know i've never heard somebody say my father was an animator and his father before him was an animator and his father <laughs> like that's <laughs> it's not like a family business thing or like a traditional thing at all yeah you're totally right so okay so um maybe you can just explain what you're currently doing and you know how you how you got into what you're currently doing from from uh, being born i guess karen, uh, yeah. so karen you're you're an animator right now but you've also you know you've worked on a bunch of stuff layouts uh video games etc so right now you're mainly 2d animation 
Yeah, well, that's that's where my specialty is. That's yeah. what I learned in school, and that's what I like like to do the most. <laughs> that's like my favorite thing is two D animation, um, sometimes called digital animation. You know, just like um, um, anything really. I've done it. I've done animation in After Effects and Adobe Animate and Toon Boom, just all that gamut of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so. Um, you know, where did things start for me? Back in school, you were like, you know, I love 2D animation. And then you graduated and then you were like, crap, now what? Well, <laughs> not quite like that. Well, I started, <laughs> I always, I always loved animation. And <laughs> so to be fully honest, when I was in elementary school, I really loved art. But then I got the whole thing with the, I was like, I want to be an artist. And, and then the adults around me were like, that's great. How are you going to make money? <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I don't know. And then um, we had actually an animator come and talk in the classroom, one of those little like demonstrate, this is how cartoons are made. And I'm like, I can be an animator and I can do art and draw cartoons. And I'm like, there you go. That's how I'll make money. <laughs> so so after, after this class, you went home to your parents and you're like, listen, you, you asked me a big <laughs> question and now I've got an answer for you. And that gave you the motivation to pursue, you know, college and, and get an animation degree. Well, actually, it made them even more nervous and <laughs> kept asking me, are you sure? Like, are you sure that's what you want to do? Like, how do you even do that? Like, even like, because I don't come from a family of artists or anything like that. So they're like, OK, this is weird. Like, she wants to do something really strange. How the heck are you going to do that? So it made me even more determined because <laughs> that made me say, I'll show you. And made yeah. me like, like, really be like, um, now I now I'm gonna do it. I got really determined. Like I have to. I get really stubborn with that. <laughs> so and so that's when um, I started like looking into schools and um, and then I found the the college down at the Art Institute down in San Diego and that's where I met this guy. <laughs> that's where we met. <laughs> yeah. What do you what do you say to your parents now? Do that you know have they have, do they see art and animation differently now that they've seen that you. have you've gone through this experience for quite a while and you're still sticking with it? No. <laughs> well, they, they Bill's come shaking from the, his head, nope. We, we, we call them the nine to fivers. They come from the world where like, they worked at their jobs for 30 years and got the watch and retired and yeah. there you go. And here I am with like contracts that end after a year and having to, you know, look for new gigs every six months. And they're like, I have no idea what she's doing or what's happening like that that's kind of where they like they're they're happy with what i'm doing but they don't understand what i'm doing <laughs> yeah you constantly have to be like now i'm working for this company on this thing and, and okay but you you've clearly been successful at what you've been doing you know like <laughs> you've raised well, that, it that's hard to wrap around with artists so like of course you always knock yourself down you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah success is like doubting yourself yeah okay yeah yeah success yeah. <laughs> Bill, did you have a did you have a similar experience when you uh, were in college or was it? I had, well, I so I like I actually I got uh, my parents were a little bit more supportive of me wanting to be an artist. Like I was always just like a quiet kid doodling in the back of class. Like that was kind of like my way of like I kind of pay attention in class. But like um, I was one of those kids that like I did good on the tests, but I sucked at homework because I was always drawing all the time. Um, <laughs> you're showing your homework and it's just doodles it's just doodles um when i went to college it was the same thing i just be notebooks full of doodles and wait you, you were know. at you were in animation college though no well yeah no well but it'd be like it you know you take like your ge classes and be like uh, oh here's yeah, my math yeah. class and be like the five is 
dancing with the seven or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, they were, my parents, my parents are a little bit more supportive of, of um, me going into art. And, um, but for, it, it took me a while before like, I really, like, I didn't know as young as Taryn did that I wanted to do the animation for a while. Like I went from being like, I want to be an archeologist. I want to be a police officer and I want to be, uh, I want to be a VFX person like i was getting into like uh back at like back in like the 90s they were showing like all those like specials like here's how we blew up the white house for independence day or here's how we did this i was like that looks like so much fun i want to do that and then that got me into computers but it was always like yeah when i when i graduated high school i didn't really know what i wanted to do still like i was just kind of like i know i want to do something art related yeah so I went to like junior college for the longest time and just kind of floundered. Like I didn't really know what I was going to, what I was doing. All I was doing was like, well, I know I want to draw. So um, I took like figure drawing classes. There was an animation class at the, the small community college I went to. Um, what actually got me, I think really focused on art was there was a, there was a high school in, in San Diego. Um, Mount, I think Claremont Mountain High School, they had an ROP program. It was like a regional occupational program and they actually taught animation. It was this uh, old, uh, older uh, animator guy who worked at like Warner Brothers. He was kind of like building like this whole like animation class system, like for like, hey, like, cause he wanted to sell like, here's like materials that he could sell to like other classrooms and stuff. So this was kind of like his like fledgling like class that he was trying to build. So he brought in a bunch of us like adults, like I was 19, but like, a, a, like older, like adults to come, come into this high school class and I, I um that's where I met one of my friends there and he was uh an artist at SeaWorld and I got it I got to working at SeaWorld doing like caricatures and portraits and stuff and that kind of like cemented like I want to do art like I want to draw something I want to be doing use because I always drew and doodled and stuff but this is like I could actually like have a job doing something I like and enjoy and so that kind of got me into drawing and then that excitement and passion and working with other artists was like, yeah, animation is what I want to do. And so a couple of years later, I decided I pulled the trigger and I went and joined, uh, went to Art Animation Art Institute in San Diego. And that's where I met Karen. Yeah. So you said you were kind of floundering, you know, you were in school knowing that you had to kind of be in school, I guess, and trying to take courses that would interest you and nothing, nothing really had a spark until you were at SeaWorld doing caricatures. Well, it was like, I, I wasn't taking anything really seriously. Like I was just kind of like, yeah. I was well, I'm like, just, I'm just I wondering, knew. you know, what, what, what was that spark that made you take animation seriously suddenly? Like, you know, you tried out so many different things. Um, you... like, no, what, see, I, I, I can't say I tried out different things. It was just, I knew I wanted to do art and animation related gotcha. stuff kind of, but I, I didn't really, I wasn't like taking it seriously. Cause I was just, I was nervous. I was, hmm. I was, I think, I think that was the biggest part that I realized I was nervous and scared because You'd always hear like, oh, you got to show an art portfolio or you got to, you know, you got to go get accepted at some prestigious school. And I was like, here I am, like, I'm drawing like crappy Spider-Man drawings or I'm drawing like stupid cartoons or I'm drawing spaceships or something like that. Like, like no one's going to want to accept me. So I was, so I was, I was terrified. I was just nervous and scared. And so I was, I was fearing, um, it was a, it was a fear of failure. I didn't want to like submit anything and then get rejection. Yeah. Fear of rejection. So, so I was, that's what I was dealing with. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to try, but I knew I wanted to do it. So even though I was flattering in like all the rest of my classes, like I was ditching school for like 
my my history class and I wasn't doing my homework for English or all. You weren't, all you weren't in fear of failure for those things. I was. <laughs> you were, I, I, I didn't, you were I, actually I, failing. I, I, yeah, I, I I was I was failing at those, but I was still like I was putting in all my effort on like my life drawing classes and my animation classes. Those yeah. were stuff I knew I wanted to do and I was excited, but I was still terrified to really like take it to another level. Totally, totally. So yeah, no. it was. It was a friend of mine that I worked with at SeaWorld. He went to the Art Institute mm. and he was telling me like, oh, it's a great school. And I think because he said like they weren't taking anyone, like they, they, you didn't really have to have like a, like, a, like a portfolio to show. I think I was like, hey, <laughs> that's for me. <laughs> Thank you. I don't Thank have you. to, I, they won't have to reject me. They have to take me. So um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was my really not great reason for going. <laughs> Hey, but you know, it, you know, it ended you up where you are now. I'm, I think it's super curious to me. And, you know, I've had this experience too, where I'm super afraid of something, but that just means that I'm super passionate about it. And, you know, the fear of failure stops you from becoming the thing you want to become and you should become in the first place. Have you, you know, maybe Karen or Bill, have you ever experienced this kind of fear of failure that prevented you from doing something else in your career that you know you had to get over i know that you, you know you've been through a lot you've you've kind of changed industries within animation you started your own studio etc has this have you had to overcome this again or was it more or less like that instigating getting over the field failure in college and then the rest is just blossoms you know <laughs> <laughs> i wish but um now for for me it was when it was during a time when um well because with the way animation goes it's like you go from gig to gig and so in between i found that there, sometimes during those breaks i had to take um, freelance work which for me was terrifying because you know like every single project was like new client and you had to you had to price yourself and you have to and you have to to guess that right and how long it's going to take and um that was like super terrifying and if i thought about it too much i wouldn't do it but if but the fact that it's like i had to pay rent and i, <laughs> and I had to like keep going and the fact that i couldn't think i couldn't see myself doing anything else other than art or, an, or animation and that sort of vein i was like it was it was kind of like being thrown into a pool sort of thing like um and with the freelance stuff that was that was diff even more different than uh showing your portfolio around because your clients sometimes are just people that don't know anything, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's just a company that needs an animated logo or, you know, so it's just a guy that does, you know, HR or something. So right. it's like, they're like, this doesn't cost $50. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and that's a super terrifying part. Like the scariest part of doing that with the, with the freelance was sending off what I made the first time to the person. Cause you didn't know what kind of reaction you were going to get back, you know? Yeah. That followed by, did I charge enough? <laughs> like, so, so I'm assuming, you know, you know, rent forced you to go through this experience. <laughs> yeah. Have you reached a point where you feel comfortable freelancing and know your worth and how to deal with clients? Or is it still this scary thing every once in a while? There's still fear behind it, but we've, yeah. there's been a lot that um, I'm a lot more confident in now. Yeah. Especially like how long stuff is going to take. Um, and yeah, how to price things like that's become that's smoothed out a lot, but I can't say that fear's gone. I mean, it's gotten a lot smaller, but yeah. it's still there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever go away. Yeah, maybe another twenty years. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not twenty years. <laughs> okay, so you you both met in school, which I think is amazing and also terrifying because like school can be very competitive. 
you know, there's a lot of ego attached to your art and like reviewing and learning. And did you ever, you know, I, I don't know. Did you just immediately start working as a team or like, did you have that? Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. So what was it, what was it like coming out of school together and then both looking for work? Were you like applying to the same jobs and like somebody was getting hired and the other person wasn't, and then you were fighting about it or. Oh yeah, we definitely did that for sure. Oh, no. <laughs> um, no, like it's been, it's been a process. Yeah. There was even a year while we were in school that we didn't like each other. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Before we started dating, yeah, I, I, I was like, oh, Bill, that big jerk. <laughs> well, there, there, was, so, there was a lot of things that 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 I because because when I was in school, I was like, I was like the star. Like mm -hmm. all, all the stuff that I was afraid of, I didn't have to be afraid of because it was because I was I was working as a professional artist while going to school because I was at SeaWorld drawing all the time. So I was doing right. everything I needed. I was doing everything I could be doing to practice and improve myself. I was drawing all the time, constantly. I was surrounded by other really talented artists that I was getting inspired by and improving by. So I would go into school and I'd kind of bring all this confidence that mm. I came from working, doing live caricatures and I come strutting into school and it just, it, it made school easy for me, but I think that that was a hindrance for me because it inflated my ego, inflated my head. And um, it put me in a position where I wasn't, I was I was I was happy to be at school, but I know in some places I wasn't really pushing myself because I was in this spot where I was like, "Hey, I find look at me. I, everyone thinks I'm hot shit. I'm you know, I'm I'm performing at levels that they're not expect. They're not other people aren't, aren't performing at, and I had to unlearn a lot of those behaviors because I was really I was realizing that that was one. It was hurting myself. It was it yeah. wasn't helping me grow further as an artist but I was also like I was I was hurting people around me because it was like you know I, I, I I'd be one of the, like you know people I'd, I'd be throwing like advice around when no one was asking for anything but I felt like hey I know better I'm just gonna hey no let me let me tell you to make that better you know like <laughs> they're just like really, please just let me work <laughs> yeah just let me work and and, and, and and I really had to uh I think it was yeah I think it was it was I I realized it was it was I was realized I was hurting Karen at, at the time it was like something I was because I was because it was affecting the way Karen was seeing herself and it was it was me coming and blustering around I was like I need to work on how I'm expressing myself and how I'm seeing myself too yeah because um it's animation it's teamwork you it's gotta teamwork. be in a good team and when we were doing it more like yeah you were setting yourself up as like teacher student like I felt very like underneath and he was like let me teach you all the ways of the world and it's like no how are we going to get anything done yeah it didn't, it didn't <laughs> yeah. get anything done and, and actually we're not working together yeah, yeah and, and but that, that but learning that and working on that I think that's helped us now have a good working relationship yeah. with each other because now we kind of look at each other like okay this is your strength this is your strength let's pull on each other's yeah. strengths and then we can catch each other for where our weaknesses are. And so it's kind of like, I don't have to be the star. She doesn't have to be the star. Let's work on this together. And I mean, now we're, we're you know, for our studio, we're, we're, you know, working with a team and it's helping, I think, us manage that team as well. Like giving them like, hey, let's have them take can take 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 command of these parts and stuff like that. Or identifying, yeah, the people that are on the team, identifying their strengths, like, what they can bring to the table rather more than everyone just trying to, you know, 
shout at the same time sort of yeah. thing you can be like oh we see your your colors are amazing do that or you did props and that like blew our minds so keep going with props and you know what do you enjoy do that one because we felt that with our with our projects and productions if people are if like the artists are having fun it comes through like the spirit yeah. of it yeah like if they're enjoying themselves if they feel heard if they feel like included like we love getting people's like artists feedback like we don't want to be just like barking you know do it this way because there's been so many times when we're like okay this is our vision and they and they come back and they're like okay but i did this tweak and we're like oh my god that's amazing yeah. <laughs> like oh that looks so great you know or it's something we never thought of so it's it's such a collaborative process like yeah and you definitely learn that you have to collaborate and work together and put your ego aside really yeah. Yeah. yeah it was it was definitely me learning to because I, I i i realized that it was my ego that was causing a lot of these problems <laughs> um and i know for me it was it was hard to do because it felt good to get that kind of like positive feedback for once in my life it was like like oh wow like i'm getting all these accolades i i, I don't have to be afraid anymore but it was like i had to figure out i had to more learn how to temper that and like okay yeah okay you're good you can do these things but you're not the hot you're not you're not the greatest star and let's we can actually get better things if we work together as a team and kind of like that's that's kind of like our sort yeah of no i'm, I'm super happy forward. you brought this up and i i think that's an amazing skill to have i've heard that so many times you know animation's a pipeline and there's so many members of the team that make it happen i'm wondering did you see a you know you were in school when you uh sorry bill when you experienced this change in mindset where you you know, you mentioned having like this ego versus going towards a team mindset. Did you experience a clear, like, you know, uh, I don't know how to say this, but like success metric change? Like, were you more successful when you were working as a team versus, you know, because you can also just let your ego go and become like an independent, amazing animator person on your own, own type well, of thing, you know, like, I'm just wondering the difference that you experience when you change this mindset. It took well, I, and it took me a while to learn it. Like I, I was starting to kind of get inklings of it in school, and it took me a while to kind of figure this out. And it was definitely when I entered in the workforce and started working on crews. Like when, when we start when when we moved up to San Francisco, we started working in games. Um, there was there were I was really it was it was learning through just kind of like working with a big team like that and. Yeah. Um, there's there's a part where you're realizing like I'm a cog in this machine, and I'm I'm a smart I'm a part in this, and I need to be I need to be working so that the whole thing can work. And um, we had a really good team that we worked on when we were up in San Francisco. Like they were a wonderful group of people. Um, and I think that's that's where I think that's where that animation really shines is because animation animation is really hard. It's really hard to do, whether it's games, whether it's television, whether you're making movies, it's always hard. It's it's lots of work, it's lots of thought, it's lots of process, it's always hard. So I think that's why a lot of people in animation are just friendly because it helps smooth a lot of those bumps out because if you're not working, if you're not gelling well as a team or you're not working well, it can send the whole thing just flying apart. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. Do you yeah. think that, you know, what you just said, you know, being a better oiled cog in the in the machine makes the products better overall, I guess? Would you say that you've gotten, you know, specific opportunities or ended up in both of you where you are now because of this kind of mindset that you've 
I, I know I, we're just going down the rabbit hole of this mindset because, you know, there's at least for me and I know for other people, there's a lot of ego attached to art and animation, you know, like for me, like I have this whole other career that I quit. So like, what am I, what am I doing now? I got to make sure, you know, my name is attached to this thing that I want to make perfect and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, perfectionism is also bad in this industry because you never get anything done. Right. So, yeah. you know, I'm just wondering, would you say that part of, going through your careers in different industries and in video games and TV and now starting your studio, this is like a big asset to have for, you know, this collaboration asset to make things better overall. Or would you look for people who, because Karen, you also mentioned, you know, you're really good at coloring this one person who can like do an amazing job and just silo themselves and just let them go off and do their thing. You know, I don't even know what I'm asking anymore. I'm just wondering, you know, like, <laughs> can you just talk about, this whole team mindset and where it's led you in your careers. Yeah. Well, I know I did a, I had a big shift in my uh, mindset because yeah, going back to like, there is a lot of ego in animation because everyone loves it so much. Like it's yeah. so, we, we had a big thing. Like when we were starting out in our careers, we learned a lot when, cause um, we, we still say it today. Like there, there will always be notes. Like there will always there will always be revisions and there will always be notes and you kind of got to put your ego aside. And when I was first starting out in my first like studio job in game, doing animation for games, when I got notes, I would start to panic because I'm like, they hate me, they hate my stuff. They hate everything I do, you know? It's like, oh my God, I'm on like the brink of being fired, you know? And I like stress myself like sick. I'd be so, I'd be so worried, but then it wouldn't, it's just notes. It's like, there's, there it, we had to I know personally for me I had to have a mantra of like it's just it's just notes just get it done, ah. just going you know it's just notes it's not personal you know so it's like I definitely had to compartmentalize in my brain that there's you know there's personal projects there's personal art where they're like that's your self-expression that's you you can do whatever you want that's that's your baby you can change whatever you want or not but then there's work and while we love doing our work and it's what we love to do you have to mentally be yeah. like, this is work. This is someone else's project. Like yeah. I'm helping someone else get their vision realized. Yeah. Like I'm helping solve their problem, this sort of thing. And so like, if they have notes for me, that doesn't mean they hate me. It's just that they want to make their project their own thing. And it's kind of helped to have some personal projects, some personal development, like comics, anything like just drawing like maybe doing some like life drawing on the side to help to be like okay that's my way of getting out like just the way I want it to be you know and so then I can put it aside and have it like now we're getting to work on this thing so yeah. that's been a big ego shift and that's really helped that really helped make work be a lot easier <laughs> a lot less conflict you know because it's so easy if you get note notes on on work stuff to just fight back be like you don't know what you're talking about you want this to be good and all that, like to just like get so angry at them but in reality you're working together with them for their project yeah yeah can we get a printout poster that just says it's it's just notes, <laughs> it's just notes. <laughs> put, it, put it up in my i think we have a sticky note yeah like do you still do you still deal with these feelings when you get feedback from a director or whatnot and oh my gosh shot. so so even even after all this time you still feel you know that that sense of you I know it's it's, it's got, just notes no yeah it's got a lot it's gotten a lot easier like so, sometimes yeah i do have to put my, my own anxieties aside to be like yeah. they, they don't hate you yeah. <laughs> they don't hate everything you know you do just because they have changes you know it's like it's 
it's grounding yourself. Yeah. And, um, I've definitely had, I'm, and still coming to terms with, um, yeah, you were saying like with people who are, who are specialized in one thing and let them do their thing. Um, it's not so much like an animator needs to be super specialized or not. They just need to be, um, genuine. Like they need to be themselves, like find your own thing and just be confident in that, you know, be confident what you want to do. Cause it's so easy. I know I did myself to get lost in like doing everything. Like I got to do all the things and I got to do that perfectly. And that's the only way I'm going to get ahead in this, in this industry. And so it was so hard to be like, no, I should just be doing my thing. I should just be doing stuff, you know, like, like it's, uh, you know, there's been all the talk of like, oh, three, like 2D is dead, 3D is coming. They constantly say that like every few years (laughs) and something 2D comes out and it's, and it's back to square one again. So I'm always like, should I do 3D? Should I do that stuff? And so for a while I was kind of dabbling, but I think that just hurt myself because I knew I wanted to do 2D, you know? And so it's like, I should have just focused on just being myself, just being an individual. Like, you know, we say sometimes like bring your own magic, bring your own viewpoint to it, you know? Because if you don't, you know, if you're just doing what you think is supposed to be done, you're just hurting yourself, you know? Right, you're not having fun. You're just you're just following trends, but you're in animation for a reason. You know, if you wanted to just work, you could do something easier probably. <laughs> right. Right. So I, w- I want to talk about, you know, how you guys started the studio together, but first, you know, can we just backtrack a little bit? Because I know that you both started in the video game industry when it was booming with social media games. So can you just tell me, how you got into that and what that was like. And you told me before our chat where you were working on it. And I was surprised. I didn't even know it was the thing. <laughs> I don't remember any games on. Well, you, oh, I guess, you they were you everywhere for a hot minute. And now they're, you can't barely find them. <laughs> well, yeah, we were, I think it was, it was shortly after we graduated college, it's like, it's like I think. Years. Yeah. And then, so we did what we thought we were supposed to do. We moved up to LA to like, apply to all the big studios the like the standard yeah. studios like you know the nickelodeons the disney's did all that and got a bunch of rejection letters and <laughs> kept going and i worked as a as a production assistant for a while and then an old um school friend of ours like he he moved up to san francisco and he called me up and he's like hey i'm at the studio and we're starting up a um a thing for <laughs> it's a it's a myspace game um to show you how old it is and uh, he said and and, <laughs> and he's like and i really need uh and we really need extra artists i need an extra artists to help out because the workload is getting too much and i was like okay sure you know and they were just um they were super pokes they were just like you know you poke your friend that was a thing and so these ones were little animated characters that would do little things like God, we had so many of them. What was there like? Was, what was like? I'm gonna help you move. And so like a panda carry helps like chicken carry a couch up a stairs, and then it falls down. And yeah, it's hilarious. or celebrate oh my goodness. Day or you know every holiday. God, there was like hundreds of these little things. So, so you're the, you're I, like one of the dude dynamic duo coming out with like the OG emojis, basically. <laughs> kind of kind of yeah yeah they were they were a little more involved than emojis like they were just like they're they were like a mix between an emoji and an animated gif you know like like they were little things these tiny little things that you just send and throw on your friend's myspace wall because that was a thing (laughs) and and so and then that that moved over to facebook and then that moved over to um wait so you're also doing this for facebook on when it it, yeah it, it like 
like we were doing it for both for a while and then of course myspace kind of died and then (laughs) and then facebook got big but then it got moved over to an app and like a like a social game like it just kept growing it just kept being bigger and bigger and it like exploded really fast yeah it got huge yeah and then like we were we were surprised like yeah it just started out with just like just a couple of artists and then suddenly they're like okay now we need like three times as many artists and we're like oh crap so so he said yeah we'd love to have you come up to san francisco and we were like oh my gosh but <laughs> like, you were working remotely all this time back then yeah how yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well they were so tiny they were just these tiny little little yeah it was like on flash i guess or something mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it was, it was so you just you just email it it was it was like a one megabyte <laughs> pretty much yeah actually uh, actually that was part of it was that we'd have to do like tricks and stuff to make it as small as possible like file oh size goodness. wise because it would have to play at, on everyone's computer yeah. like we were even trying to like think about people with really slow computers like oh, oh yeah i had dial up back then i think i know exactly the animations you're talking about now that i now that i <laughs> pulled like, that box out of my memory they're probably still out there this was like 2009 yeah. internet speeds yeah something like, <laughs> something like that yeah and um and so I was, I was on the fence. I didn't know if like we wanted to go all the way up to San Francisco, move all the way up there for this thing I knew nothing about really. I never thought about working in games. That was completely not on my radar whatsoever. And then I was like, well, do you have an opening for Bill? And then like immediately he was like, yes, we have so many openings. Get up to San Francisco. And I was like, I guess you're moving to San Francisco. So Bill, you just quit your job and you were like, now we're, now we're going to San Francisco. We did. I, I, it actually worked at the time because um, I was working. Uh, I was I was working the night shift at a digital film restoration studio. Oh wow! It, this was this was a cool job. They <laughs> they would take uh, they would take old old films and they would scan them and then we would they would they would digitally render them and then they for 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 making Blu-ray productions. So we worked on like the Blu-ray. Uh, didn't you do Snow White? We or? did Snow, like we did all the Disney, like we were working on all the Disney films. We were doing, uh, we did Star Wars. We did um, some old, really cool, like old uh, Kurosawa Japanese films. Um, okay. and, and they would, they, they were really good at it because they would scan the original films and then they put it through this, first they put it through like an algorithm. And then, and then what they have is they'd have a big room of, the algorithm would kind of go through and kind of take away noise, dust scratches, paint chips, stuff like that. But then there'd always be stuff that the the computer just couldn't get or it'd create artifacts or something from the process. So there'd be a bank of artists in the back using this proprietary software. And we would just kind of go through frame by frame and just like, okay, there's a dust scratch, there's a dust scratch. And we'd have- Frame by frame? Frame by frame. And we would go through and just remove all these things. And- um, No, I'm here on the night shift. (laughs) It was crazy. It was like, I was working, it it worked out great for us because we just had our son- and so like he, and he didn't want to sleep through the night. So I would come home at like, cause I would work from four to midnight and I would come home. I would let Karen go to bed and then I would just stay up the rest of the night. Cause I was already like jazzed and full of like caffeine from working. So I just stayed the rest of the night, take, take care of the son. Cause he'd wake up every two hours need to be fed. And then uh, I then right around like what, like 6 a.m. I would go to bed then Karen would get up and then I would sleep until like noon and then I'd go to work at like four and then, but yeah, I was working that job. So I was happy to leave that job for some animation work. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm happy. Let's do this. Let's move. <laughs> <laughs> 
That sounds in, I, that I never even considered that as a job that somebody has to go through frame by frame of old footage and like clean things up. So like literally you're going through like Snow White frame by frame and you're like, oh, there's a hair or oh, there's a something like a little something so, there and just like using a Photoshop like proprietary tool to like just smudge that out. Yeah, just pretty much. They were, they had like special like. I, I Okay, question. Did you ever put anything extra ah. in? That's, <laughs> all right, that's all right, the real all right, question. All right, all right, all right. If so, you stop Snow White on frame 3020. I don't remember. I don't remember what scene it's from. But it's in so in Dumbo, we were working, we were working on, on the Blu-ray of Dumbo, and the machine had done its thing. I had, had done its thing. And what had happened was there was like there was like a paint smudge on a still. Disney gonna come after you if you reveal this? I don't know because it's it, this was like more than ten years ago, so I don't know. I, so so there was a frame of of Dumbo that was like splotched with like an art, either an artifact or paint or something from the original scan. And they're like, okay, we need to recreate Dumbo. So what a lot of times what they do to, if, if there was if that happened in instance is they would take a frame either before or frame after because animation. A lot of times it's on two. So, hey, if this frame is really bad, but we've got this other frame, it's the exact same drawing, the exact same everything. So just let's just, just copy that and put it on there. Yeah. But in this case, what happened was it was like part of Dumbo's ear. I think it was like on like one. It was like it was like an animation frame on one. So they didn't have a before and after frame. They could they could like just copy it. But we had enough of Dumbo in frames before and after. So they're like, okay. Bill, we know you're in animation. Can you're you like, like, it's my time. Can you paint <laughs> Dumbo's ear to match where it's supposed to go? Because it was like this total like splotch on it. So I got to rebuild Dumbo's ear using frames before and after. And I, I did a good job because I don't know. I don't even know where it is. <laughs> I don't I don't remember. And I, I, it's, I've, there. it's it there. It's there. It's there. So you're telling me that you actually were an animator on a Disney, on the original Dumbo film. No, not the original. Just so if the I check out the credits. Just the, I, I'm nowhere in the credits, but there's a frame that I got to, I got to mess. I got to digitally mess with the frame of Dumbo. I think that's amazing. Oh. You should tell that at every party you ever go to. Like, hey guys, have you seen that film called Dumbo? There's a, there's an ear. Yeah, it's not even the entire frame. It's just the ear. I don't know if any, I, I don't know if you could see it. If someone finds it, well, not you can go. At least you can go to Karen's parents, who who don't really know what you got, what she does, and be like, "Hey, I'm a Disney animator." They should know what that means. <laughs> That oh my was, goodness, that, was, that was really that was that was that was kind of cool. That was a fun thing. Yeah, I love this story. That yeah. was that's amazing. And so, and, uh, so you've seen tons of films, I guess, without sound. I guess. Oh yeah, because yeah, I would listen because a lot of times you'd just be sitting there at, at your monitor, and we had like these giant monitors, like they were huge because you you wanted to have the image like blown up as fast as you can because you yeah. wanted to be able to see all the all the digital artifacts that might be there. And a lot of times we just listen to like podcasts or, or have like uh, uh, some people brought in um, books on tape. So I listen to like all the Harry Potter on like audio tape, oh, uh, nice. I listen to like, like Neuromancer, like some, there's like a, yeah. a collection of books. I got to listen to them all um, on audiobook because they were just sharing like libraries and stuff, but we just sit there for like eight hours. And I, I think at the end of the day, my eyes were just like sunken into my head. Cause I just be <laughs> staring at this giant screen, just, Click, oh yeah oh my click, goodness click okay <laughs> go to the next one click 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 and 
I mean, it worked. It was, it was, it was a fun job. I, I met a lot of cool people there and it was a fun job, but yeah, I was happy to move to get something that was animation related. <laughs> totally. Sorry, you refreshed my brain about Neuromancer and they were making a film or they're proposing to make a film for that, but then it got canceled. But anyways, uh, sidetrack that. Did, okay. Uh, one last question on this job. Did this enhance your, you know, shot composition, uh, cinematography uh, brain at all, looking at all of these shots for so long? I got it. I, it, it did a lot of things for me. Um, I, I mean, it was a great kind of just like, it was a great introduction to kind of like film because I got to work yeah. on like a large sort of movies. I worked on, I mean, we did stuff for, like I said, Star Wars, Disney movies. Um, and then we did, um, uh, we even got to work on Avatar because uh, there was, because a lot of times one of the, one of the services that the, the studio did too was um, a lot of films being done were um, there'd be digital artifacting in the film themselves. And dig like digital fil uh, filmography was like kind of brand new at the time. Like it was still a newer thing. So they didn't know how to correct it. So they sent it to the studio. Mm. And so there we get like a shot of like some scene from Avatar and there'd be all these like blue dots and digital artifacting because something got messed up in the receiver. So, hey, we can't throw out this footage. Can you guys fix it? So we work on that. Um, so I got a really great like, kind of introduction like shots and like here's how this one works and just kind of like you know, just just from absorbing all this information yeah um but one of the things i noticed especially working on the disney films because you're going through all these films like giant frame by frame and i had I, I had a moment where some of the like i got disillusioned with stuff i'd grown up with learning especially in from school because in school they made it seem like animators especially like the nine old men animators or something like that were like these legendary monstrous god godlike figures that every drawing they made was perfect yeah and 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 it gave you i remember coming away from this with this sense of like oh my god every drawing i have to do animating has to be pristine perfection and here i am scrolling through like snow white and the seven dwarves and it's like half of grumpy's arm just isn't drawn or there's like or like there's this horrible drawing we, i worked we did like stuff for like fantasia and there's this terrible drawing of a, of a centaur but it's only one frame and when you play it it doesn't it, you don't even see yeah. it your eye you know like but it's like they they were the nine old men were amazing they like they like, like don't get me wrong like for what they did it's amazing but they weren't this like they weren't gods they were yeah. just people and so they were making it work they were making it work and and and, and that kind of left me with the sense of like well if they're just people doing this it, it took this whole like animation is like this thing that you have to like rise to like you no you don't you just have to it's hard like i said animation's hard but you just got to keep working at it and you can figure it out and so it kind of gave me like this renewed like I don't know, like confidence and like, mm. hey, if, if these people, because they figured out how to do it from nowhere mm -hmm. and, and they still made mistakes or they still had issues. And it's like, that's cool. That's fine. Because there's still these wonderful films that are amazing and pieces of amazing pieces of work. But you don't have to be perfect. You yeah. can just be yourself and you'll still find a way to make it work in the industry. And I think that was oh, like, yeah, yeah. it was like this whole like, I was like, I, because I would come home like, I'm working on this thing. I'm like, what the hell's up with this drawing of dopey like it's off model it's terrible but it, like i think and i i think it's like that's 
technology's kind of led some of that because we can now like i mean we can zoom in on like the tiniest pixel and be like oh that needs to be the right that's the wrong color but it doesn't need to be you can kind of just kind of work with it and be confident in yourself and kind of well, get through it, it kind of gave us a renewed thing of like just make it work like stop futzing over every little bitty detail just you got to sit back sometimes and yeah see if it works yeah when i first started out i did a lot of graphic design jobs and that and that i i got taught that a lot too like it was just graphic design like little things for like ads and stuff like that and a lot of times like my director would be like okay now go to the other side of the room and look at the screen and then see like what works and what doesn't and it's like that that taught me the same thing of like stop focusing on every pixel because yeah nothing will get done yeah. <laughs> you will get finished totally, nothing will yeah. be perfect enough you know you look back and you're like this works and yeah. then you just be confident in that like i think it's works. hilarious that I, that I learned that by staring and going over literally every little pixel <laughs> <laughs> i love that story that's that's hilarious but what i got from it is god there's not an animation god yet so there's still room for some no but you know i kind of consider the industry is like there's this bar of kind of skill and talent that you have to kind of pass and then once you're over that you know you're you're good to go basically um no, no I, I, I no it's <laughs> kind of true but it's it's more complicated it's more complicated than that there there is there is definitely like there's there's skills you want to have yeah um and there's still there's there's skills you want to be good at but you don't have there's not like there's not like a ceiling there's not like a bar there's not like a definite like wall that everyone has to get through to mm -hmm. get in um I've worked with so many wonderful, talented people, and everyone has different styles, different sensibilities, different different skill levels. They're good at some things; they're not good at other things. They they've everyone because everyone's human. We've all got different things that we're good at, we're not so good at, and it's like that's where again the going back to the collaboration thing. That's where animation is so collaborative because it's always it's it's you're trying to take people producing work at different skill levels and then you're trying to bring them all together into a cohesive thing and it's it, it, it's a challenge but there's no like definite like like oh it's it's i think sometimes it gets equated too much like like everyone thinks like video game logic with it like oh if i just get two thousand ex animation experience points then i've reached level super saiyan and i am now an animator and i'm ready to join the industry and it's 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 not that simple but it's 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 more complicated than that. But it's also that's what's kind of cool about it is because it's not just do this or just do yeah. it this way. Anyone can make it. It's just like I keep saying, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. But it's not impossible. But sometimes it can seem impossible when you think like, well, there's that ceiling. That's why I think it was realizing that the nine old men are just men. They're just people, and they weren't gods. They weren't this. They weren't this supernatural like barrier to entry. They're just people figuring things out. And if you can, and if they can figure it out, anyone can figure it out. It just takes time and effort, and it's just going to be hard to do. Yeah, and yeah. It's so I, hard because it's so un, uh, it's so tumultuous. Yeah, it's not like where you just like yeah. Well, not anymore. It's not where you can like go into a studio, sit down, and then fifty years later retire. Yeah. you know it's not that anymore so that's why like we kind of like shrug and you know you break in and you're in because it's not that it's anymore. not that like, yeah even that yeah. even that's that's a bit of a that's a bit of a, of a misnomer or, or miss well there's a bit too because it's also so like it's all about the people you know and the connections you make and you do that when you 
kind of like yeah when you get your first job but it builds it's more it's more of a instead of breaking in you build it sort of yeah. sort of feeling to it yeah because you don't feel like okay i'm here and here's my desk and this will be it until i'm done no it's like here's my desk here's these cool people around me i'm gonna meet and they're gonna build onto a next project which will be over here and then that and it's, it's this giant web of people and yeah and it's also it's also hard because there's also those down times there's the lull times and where you feel like oh maybe i didn't break in maybe i'm not successful maybe this is it and then the next day you get that phone call yeah. that changes everything again you never know it's like it's definitely a journey it's not a it's not a destination it's you just got to keep keep plugging through yeah you can't it's you got to be you got to know what you want you got to know what you do but you also got to be flexible yeah and, sure. and i guess you know that parody is what you were saying before where you, you were thinking of getting into cg and then you, that's not really your thing so it sounds more like you, what you're saying is focus on the thing that you you know want to do and interests you and and uh you know want skills in and then build keep building off of there instead of you know here's a bar that i have to jump over before the industry accepts me and then then i'm okay i guess right. yeah right yeah because it's also an industry full of such amazing artists and everyone's like so cool and fun and everyone has their own story and their own like way they got in you know the way they got into the industry what they worked on like it's just um it's just such a so interconnected yeah yeah, yeah. So I okay, teach, so, oh, sorry. oh go ahead. Did, sorry. I, I teach a I teach a class on on comics um, for a, a small um, online uh, design college, and um, I, it's it's a small little class. And I always tell my students like, the best idea is your idea, and the best way to do this to make your comic is your way to make this comic. I can show you how I might approach it. I can show you how. I might think about it, but the best way to do it is always your way to do it because this is your comic. And um, because I'm not trying to teach them how to draw, I'm teaching them how to tell a story or how to utilize the tools because I can't control how they draw. I can yeah. push them in like, hey, if you want to improve your drawing skills, here's some things you can try, try doing this, here's some good practices. But in the end, it's always about, hey, I want to teach you how to make a comic and your art style is going to be your wonderful art style and just make it the way you want to be. And that's, that's the best way you can make it. Oh, I love, I love that. What you just said, you know, cause it, it, especially in art school, everybody's trying to force you to, you know, do the Disney way or the Cal arts way or whatever, but, and, and there's, you know, there's value in that because there is an industry of, you know, television production that needs certain, you know, style to be created. And then you need training in that. But I also think, you know, if you want to, have a really unique voice and create something yourself and put your own self out there. You got to do what you got to do. So, okay. Um, let's fast forward a little bit. You know, you were working in the MySpace and Facebook space and all these other spaces <laughs> and then, okay. So you've both had very, you know, I, I've gone through your resumes. You've both worked at tons of animation studios over the years. What has compelled you to start your own animation studio uh, after all this time together. So you've both been working, you know, sometimes at the same studio like Warner Brothers, sometimes at different studios. And then at some point you looked at each other and said, hey, <laughs> why don't we start our own studio? Like what what was the what was the compelling motivation to do that when you've well, been in this industry for so long? There was like a glint in my eye and I looked at her and I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> Put on sweaters. I it was actually it was it was a bit of uh it was a kind of a bit of luck actually um i was uh 
I was, oh, shoot, I'm trying, I can't remember the exact, it was, it was, it was a couple years ago, but um, I was, I, I met a friend of a friend of a friend and he had, he said, Hey, I know, uh, I, that's right. Okay. Let me start with my story. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting my story. All right. So at the time I was actually, I was doing Twitch streaming. Um, Cause we, uh, we were, we were back, we, we, we were back in Burbank and um, I had just got, I, I had been laid off from a job in a game studio and um, I was trying, uh, I was trying to push out, um, try, I was trying to transition over into television work at the time. And um, I was really depressed because <laughs> I, this was like my sixth layoff, I think in a two year period. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I had two kids and, and things weren't looking all that great, but to kind of keep myself going, I was doing, I was doing animation and doing storyboards on Twitch for like an hour a day, just to kind of keep myself from like just getting mired and gloomy just like it just kept me going because I like every hour a day I'm gonna do something fun drawing and it was a it was a friend that I'd done some work for he said hey I love all the stuff you can do for animation I have friend A who needs animation work needs some animation work done so I'll hook you up with you friend B and you guys can get together and make a project so I was like great so the project ended up being with for USC um for their advanced technology division and they were working on this really cool project and they needed animation for it because it was supposed to be this um like uh, what was it a digital uh digital oh, i can't remember the exact acronym anymore uh, uh digital resources assistant. digital resource assistant so it's like it was going to be this uh computer generated assistant that'd be on like a tablet or a computer and they pass it around uh, the, the idea was they're going to pass around a children's hospital to families that they wanted to have do uh, clinical research studies for. It's like, oh, your child has diabetes. We want to put you in a study, but we don't have time for a doctor to answer all your questions. So we're going to hand you this tablet and this cute character is going to come on and answer all your questions and run you through and kind of give you all the information you need. So what they needed was one, they needed the character design and then they needed six animated vignettes to kind of like explain things that you couldn't really explain just like with an answer, like were a like, little more complicated. You were like cutscenes. Yeah, like little <laughs> cutscenes for this for this for this system. So I got to work. So so both Karen and I, we you know like we worked with this team to kind of build this cute little robot character, and um, and then yeah, we we they were like, okay, we need to produce these uh, six vignettes. They're like two to three minutes of a piece. So it's like, I guess like we're doing 12, this, yeah. 12 to fifteen or yeah, 12, 12 minutes total of time. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, well, yeah, we could do that. Never had never even done that before. And so we're kind of like thrust in this position of like, okay, now we're no longer just animators or storyboard artists or artists. We're like producers. We have to like, we're not the cog in the machine anymore. Now we're the one driving the machine. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of like, after we, after we freaked out for a little bit, um, we, well, we, it helped out. I was working at a, at a, tiny little studio that was we're doing like a like website stuff like it was a kid's website thing and the lucky part was that a lot of people running it were from the animation industry so like i there were definitely a few few nights like when i would go in and i'd be like so where do you find voice talent you know and yeah. so i'd be taking notes you know I'm like where do you guys find your voice actors for these characters <laughs> like, oh well i got we go to abc and d so they were super helpful to um 
it, they were great to work with but yeah it was great because they were kind of like my resource to be like so where do you <laughs> so go if you're this. looking for someone that does this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so you started this company like out of necessity basically because you suddenly Actually, got this project we yeah, well, didn't start the company yet. We did the project. No, technically, we had. Well, technically, so technically yeah, we, did. we uh, it was the company started for me because I was working freelance. That's right. And when it comes to taxes, it was like we were told by our accountant that it'd be better if we if I was a company to do it. And so that's why when when Children's Hospital was like, "Hey, can we bring you on as a vendor?" We we're like, "Yes, you can," because we do have a have a tax ID number. We do have all that set up. And so that was kind of like it changed it from just me and my freelance money to like, now we're actually doing something. With yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're a company yeah. now. So that was kind of what started the company officially. But then when we got done with the project, we were like, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, like that was great. That yeah. was, it was really cool to kind of be like the one, not, yeah, like I said, not just the cog in the machine anymore, but kind of like we're calling the shots and we're running things. And we kind of got to put, together lessons from good productions and bad productions we've been on and kind of like, okay, we know we want to do this, but we don't want to do that. And we had, and we got a lot of good feedback from the people that we worked with and we got great feedback from USC and Children's Hospital. And we're like, maybe we could do more stuff like this. So we kind of like, and that was back in what, 2018? About yeah. 2017, 2018? Yeah, 2018, 2018, around that time. And so, yeah, well, then we kind of like, we started figuring like, okay, what can we do as a company to kind of branch this out? And so, yeah, we did things like uh, we put together some pitches. We had ideas like, oh, hey, maybe we'll, we'll produce our own work and kind of put, maybe put on YouTube or distribute it that way. Um, we've pitched under it. We've made short um, like stuff for like small YouTube channels. We've made um, PSAs for like businesses that like, hey, come buy our product or hey, we've got this sort of thing. And um and we've even done we've done a music video it's like it's, it's like the yeah, kind of, like it kind of just kind of grew from there as we just kind of kept finding more projects to work on nice what is um, you know there's a, one project i want to talk about soon but you, now that you have this pr this production company that is like an entity and you're getting work through it what is the ultimate goal that you want to pursue with with uh, chubby beagle which is the name of it <laughs> yeah yeah well um our main business goal like our, our down the line um what we're doing is we're trying to to build like yeah. we're trying to build one thing on top of another on top of another which is why we started with well at first we were a little unfocused like we're like what do we want to do do we want to make our own ip do we want to um you know sell something to somewhere else do we want to like what do we want to do and then we started actually like making our own things so we're like okay we'll start um, bringing in uh, clients to do their projects, but our ultimate goal is to build up to make our own, um, you know, our, our own projects, our yeah. own things, like our own, we want to be kind of like a multi-faceted kind of, um, kind of uh, production company where we're doing several different things all at the same time, yeah. you know? The, the idea is that, is that, is that we want to have, we want to we want to have like the, the company kind of build kind of grow and build and and projects fund other projects and fund other projects but also kind of help sustain itself so that yeah. we don't because one of the things that, that we're both anxious and nervous about is to kind of like look at taking on like like taking on like a loan or taking money from some of this so it's kind of like we're hoping to kind of like kind of help it build to its own self-sustaining kind of like a way of thing like uh, like we're working on projects but also at the same time like i'm working full-time for bento box and right. I, you know that, that's kind of that that's what helps put 
food on our table, but then for the projects we work on, it's then like, okay, what's the budget? And then how can we work with that? And then going forward on it. And then as the projects get bigger and bigger, then we have more opportunity to kind of like help the company itself grow. And then that hopefully will then put it in a position to then, like I said, grow into a position where like, okay, that's helping fund now this new project and that project will then help this project. And right, like, cause you know, with um, one thing we wanted to really do differently with our studio is that, yeah, it is self-sustaining and multifaceted to kind of, because we were tired of working with studios, which it would just be like one project focused and then everyone would be cut or right. it'd be one yeah. project thing or we were working on a show and that would be canceled. And then everyone's just out of luck. Like right. everyone get your resume fired up again, you know, sort of thing. Like we definitely want to build a self-sustaining studio with like, like a core group of people and artists where we're just like constantly like rotating. Cause we feel there's so many options in, especially with the digital world today, you know, it's like now there's, there's YouTube to get stuff out there. There's like, it's all like available to us. So it's like, there's so many different options that we can do that we'd love to have a self-sustaining studio. Yeah. Not only for us, but for the artists that we work with too. Yeah, that's one of, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's one of the things like, yeah, like uh, especially working in animation industry, it's like, yeah, like I consider myself really lucky. Like I'm, I, 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 thought, I think I've, as, as Stephen Colbert once said, I've won television. Um, I'm, on, I'm, on a, I'm on a network show that seems to have some good legs, you know, knock on wood. So it's like I'm feeling like this is an opportunity now to then okay I can let's 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 try to get something going now with the studio and try and make this work while things are stable for us at the moment and so it's kind of like let's how can we build something that then can help not just us but also help the people that are working for working for us working working with us on these projects because it's like how can we grow something that then everyone kind of benefits from. Totally. I love that. And you said, you, you know, you've gotten a lot of experience through the years and you're trying to build something based on what you've learned and the successes and failures that you've experienced along the way. I think that's great. Do you want to chat a little bit about the current projects that you're yes. animating on, which I think is super unique? Yeah, we love it. Well, it's um, it's Maxi Luau. It's um, the first drag super shiro. <laughs> the first drag super shiro. Super yes. shiro. <laughs> and um just a, a quick rundown. Yeah, it's it's basically a story about um, Simon, a shy little barista um, who comes in contact with a uh, interdimensional wig, which turns him into Maxi Loau, <laughs> um, a, a drag superhero. Drag superhero, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and overall, it's basically like like yeah, it combines. It's like a celebration of of drag and animation and superheroes all together and it's really fun it really it's really a adorable like heartwarming story about like finding yourself and being true to yourself and really finding your own strength and loving yourself so yeah. and and all well all of course wrapped up in like campy and fun and yeah like out of control stuff like out of this world stuff <laughs> so th there was a kickstarter for this project how did you originally get involved in it because it you know you you guys aren't the creators no we're not the creators and actually we didn't run the, the kickstarter but we got involved in this uh in this project actually from our friend that got us the jobs up in san francisco <laughs> sounds yeah. like you just need a, to be friends with this person for a while and you'll friend be fine. an amazing friend we I, need to like, send him a lot of gift baskets lots yeah. of gift baskets <laughs> <laughs> maybe a couple inter interdimensional wigs as well there you go <laughs> but uh, yeah it, it, it was it was it was again just a case of like it was it's almost like with the uh, with the USC project, it was just a case of like the right timing, the right case. Cause he was working on, he did like, he helped fashion like some of the original designs for some of the main characters uh, and he'd been working on it. And then 
he's like, hey, I got this project I'm working on. I've got these old friends of mine who are no good animators and I've worked with them before and they've got their own studio. You guys should, you know, he, he told the, the client to come talk, come talk to us and say, hey, maybe we can work on make, make bring this thing together. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So you guys are, you're running the animation team basically to, to get this all set up and done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're handling all the animation production. Yeah. So we put a team together and basically it has to do with animation. We're 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 handling that. Yeah. <laughs> so so where's the where's the, like what's the goal? Are you fully pr producing the feature right now? Or are you producing like a trailer? Like you're in you're in the feature production. Yeah, right yeah, now. We're, we're in we're in production. Like we're 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 fitting. Uh, we're kind of right now kind of working on the storyboard, kind of finishing up things in the animatic, and we've got design going. Um, yeah, it's 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 like wow. a, like you know it's 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 not a full on like giant animation production. Cause we are like a small budget. Yeah. I'm, um, I was going to say like a full feature, like it's 90 minutes. That's a huge, that's a huge, it's a, it's, huge it's undertaking. A, it's a huge <laughs> undertaking. Um, but we're definitely, we're, we're pulling out a lot of stops and we're using a lot of uh, things to kind of get it working with. Cause it's, it's just funded by like one guy and, and some extra fun uh, and, and, and the, the Kickstarter he got and some extra funding that he has. Yeah. We're so, really relying on, yeah. Fans and friends and yeah. So it's definitely a, definitely got the, the indie vibe. Which yeah. It's really definitely like. an independent production. Yeah. And um, talk about, and, and we were, well, yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge undertaking to think like, Oh, it's a full on movie. But when we first heard about the project, like we love the story. We love, we love the characters. We love the message, you know, it definitely, fit with you know the whole chubby beagle aesthetic you know like definitely we like being friendly and um we definitely want to celebrate like everyone's different voices and every and be very like um celebrating diversity and everyone's stories like yeah. it was everything we wanted for chubby beagle for like the stories we wanted to tell yeah. and also like i'm a huge fan of drag so that oh was like God, that yeah. made me like scream when i heard about all the like the, we've got some rupaul um rupaul's drag race voice actor queens on there amazing which, yeah, which I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Yeah, so like, I was like, we have to take this project. We have to make this work because it was like, talk about like everything just perfectly fitting into place. You know, I'm like, we can, we can rock this. We can kill this. Like we knew exactly the artists that we wanted to bring on board that would be perfect for it. And we contacted them and they're like, yeah, we're on board. And we're like, this is, this is coming together. This is working. Like we got to make this work. Yeah. I, I love this. I, <laughs> you know, I've checked out the trailer and everything. It looks it looks amazing. The art is incredible, and it seems like it has a good story too. Well, um, you know, are there? I was just wondering. You're storyboarding this. Is it storyboarded? I'm just based on everything else you've done in your career. Now you're drawing like super giant wigs and like drag superheroes <laughs> and stuff. Is is it like really unique what you're do what you're doing right now? Would you say versus everything else you've done? Oh my gosh, it's it's. I, I never would have thought, saw myself in this position because, um, yeah. like, like I said, it, the the first time when we found ourselves, like, yeah, like I said, not the cog in the machine anymore, but now running the machine, and now it's like, yeah, like, like when we first started, like, like I'm a storyboard artist, and my first, my first reaction was like, well, okay, we're doing storyboard part, like, I'll take like these several scenes and stuff, and I'll storyboard them, and I'll form some out from other people, but it's like, it was so big, and I've been, and and I just didn't have the time anymore. So I was like, okay, well, I can't just be the board artist anymore. I have to run the team of board artists now. And so it's like, how do I do that? What am I supposed to do? And again, I was like, I was pulling from experiences I've had with other directors I've worked with, with, with directors I'm currently working with, and it's like, 
it's it's taking those and kind of pulling it together and be like, okay, all right, here's what I need to do. Here's what I know I want to do. And then trusting the, the people we're working with and, and, and giving it back to them be like, okay, here, I need these sequences done. And so all of a sudden now that helped me free up. It, it, it helped me put myself in a position of, of being in charge, but yeah. I, I didn't, I, but I was no longer producing the work anymore. It, it was, it was kind of a, it was a bit of an identity crisis because for so long I kind of like defined myself, like I'm an artist, I draw things. That's what I do. And now yeah, I'm working yeah, on this yeah. project. And I'm not really drawing things like I'll, I'll do notes or I'll, I'll, I'll tackle a, if, if this needs some some working on something like that. But I'm not boarding anymore. I'm giving it to other people to board. And it's like you're, you're, you're I, steering the ship. I'm steering the ship yeah. now. And it's like I used to be but I used to be one of the people like shoveling coal in the engine. And so I'm constantly like, wait, are they? Well, no, no, no. They got this. Yeah, this. I need to steer the ship. That's my job now. Well, this goes in line with what you were saying before about the whole teamwork thing and everything. I think that's I think that's great. You know, um, so Maxi Lawau, your full in production right now. Is there a timeline that it's going to come out? Can you share where it's going to be? Is there anything like that that you know? Our, uh, the goal release date is uh, spring of 2024. 2024. 2024. Oh gosh, we gotta wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we're right on schedule, so. Yeah, we're doing. It's surprisingly been, you know, like knock on wood, you know, like it's been things have been rolling pretty smoothly. We've had, you know, like a really we've put together a really great team, and we're really grateful mm -hmm. for just all the amazing work they've been doing. Mm -hmm. um, I know, like just like it couldn't be it couldn't be here without them mm -hmm. yeah. yeah well yeah i think it's incredible you know we've talked about your whole journey from both of you realizing you like to draw to working at myspace to video <laughs> games and animation studios to starting your own company and now you're your production managing a feature film, which is like everybody's dream, which I think is incredible. You know, is there is there anything you wanted to share from this whole experience or like, you know, how does it feel or what's yeah. next or anything like that? It's been great. Yeah, it's been the whole experience has been just so much fun. Like that's been the wonderful part about working with on Maxi Lowell. Like this is just the perfect project for for us and what we want to do. You know, like um, starting with the the children's hospital one, we really got an idea of like animation can can help. Animation can can really um, be helpful to people yeah. and, and everything. And then to do this one with Maxi Lawau, and I think there's definitely a big um, need or want. Like people want to see like these different worlds colliding, like to celebrate um, you know drag, to celebrate individuality, to celebrate people however they are to just accept themselves I think is really great and that's definitely what's something I had in mind when it came to starting Chevy Beagle on our own thing like we have the control to do like the stories that we want to do that we want to put out there yeah. and that these yeah. stories can really help and have help help people identify with it and tell their own stories we'd love to do that someday like in the future if we have you know enough momentum going on to really have like bring in people and be like, we want to tell your story and we want to tell your story. And, you know, that's been one thing that I've always loved about animation is that, you know, it's just a medium to tell really cool stories and yeah. really great character development and really great stories behind those characters. That's been my favorite part of animation. You know, the, the style and the artwork, that's just gravy on top of it. You know, that's just the vessel. That's the yeah. way to tell it. So 
Yeah, so that's been the best part for me for all this. Yeah. For me, it's like there's so much um, without getting too much into the story of, the, of, of, of Max of the Wild, but there's just so much about working on it. Um, it's been great working on different scenes with some of the board artists we have. And there's so much that I find myself connecting with the characters, what they're going through. And it's like, I see myself in these characters and it's like, okay, I get to bring some elements of my life and what I, what I'm feeling into it. And like, I mean, I get, to, I, 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 you get to do that at different parts of animation, but it's so crazy to be like, like I said, steering the ship now. And it's like, yeah, let's do this. But it's like, I get to, it's, it's, it's fun. It's like, it's like this create, it's scary. There's been moments where it's like, I want to like pull my hair out. I want to like, I want to go hide under a table. Um, but it's like, it's, it's so much fun and there's so much energy and there's so much just like, it's so much fun. I just like, I can't, that's like, I can't say anything else. It's like, that's, <laughs> it's been such an amazing experience. It's like, whatever happens, it's like, all this has been worth it like mm -hmm. no matter what happens no matter where it goes it's like just because we're doing this building this growing this it's like i don't care what happens after this like this is wonderful and we we can't wait to see the whole like one of the best parts about animation is when you see all everything come together because yeah. everything everyone is just a little piece of the whole thing i feel that's like when you get the biggest thrill when you get the goosebumps is when you see it come together and i yeah. can't wait to see like when maxi all comes together and we see maxi lowell like really come to life and we see this great story come to life and we can see it you know it's almost like seeing a child go out into the world like i can't wait to see what maxi brings about and you know like there's so much potential yeah. that we see with the with with simon and the maxi story and everything it can do like it can you know it can be heartwarming and it can make you laugh and it, and you can identify with it and you know really you know, feel what Simon's going through. So that'll be a lot of fun. So yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. You, your excitement is, you know, rubbing off on me. I feel super excited about this as well. But <laughs> I, love, I love what you both just said, you know, you know, animation opens up us up to different worlds and shared experiences and telling stories that, you know, might not otherwise get told. And, and it's, it's like one of the few careers where you can really do that. And even, you know, you have like Disney sharing different cultural experiences all the way to a super independent film about drag queens. Like, it's just amazing. And it's, right. it's, I can't wait to see when it comes, I mean, 2024 is long ways away, but. <laughs> it's a while, it's, it is, it is. It'll be, it'll be here before you know it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, when it all wraps up, it is, it is magic to see all your hard earned work of years and years go into this one package thing that's, that people experience. I think that's great um as as we're wrapping up is there anything else you wanted to you wanted to share i wanted to say um like i know for me like the moment i knew uh reminiscing on there's a moment i knew i wanted to do animation like really wanted to do it and i was i was in an animation class and i was it was doing like one of these like capture systems like this is like an old-fashioned capture system where you like you throw like your, your sheet down and you capture it and you yeah. take it off and throw it on again and it takes a while to do that. And you, you load all your drawings on it and then you capture it all. Then you go to you go to the machine and then you hit play. And that's always like the coolest thing is to then watch it play. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, just what, yes, like what yes. Aaron just said, it's like you watch the whole movie come together. I mean, we've put together like pitch things where we put together like a small animatic and it's like you watch someone watch what you just put together and then they laugh oh, at the best. joke. You're yeah. like, you're like, <laughs> yes. you know like, like oh good that was funny they, they laughed at that you know and, and every project I've been on everything I've done it's like yeah there's always those moments 
And I think that's, I think that's, that's for me, that's the driving force. Like I, I love those moments. It's like, I'll do those all the time. Yeah. It's kind of, it's all about connecting with people, you know, whether you want to make them laugh or they want to make them cry or you want to feel what you're feeling. I guess that works with like any art form, yeah. you know, you just, it's just a way to take, you know, the pictures in your head and help another person feel the same thing. And then you feel more connected. So it's yep. just awesome. <laughs> Yeah, love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the chat. It's been a oh. pleasure to meet both of you, hear your experiences, and the cool stuff you're working on now with Maxi Lowell. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is oh, fun. This is great. Us. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're listening and you want to, you know, you can reach out to Karen and Bill by going to their website, which is chubbybeagle.com, or emailing them at info at chubbybeagle.com. Or checking them out on Instagram at chubby underscore beagle. And uh, I'll include all those links in the description of this chat, as well as the uh, Kickstarter trailer for Maxi Luau. So you can check that out, which I think you should do. And that's all for now. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work.